We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi, this is Jordan Moreno, and this is The Valley Now, your weekly feel-good hour where we lift each other up with the stories of good people doing good things in your neighborhood. Every week, we'll be talking with community leaders who have a unique passion for our thriving city and those that make the Valley such a special place to live. Get ready to be inspired by the work they're doing, whether it's mentoring our youth, providing a platform for those without one, or just driving those worthy charitable causes. Listen in on the conversations and join us in raising our community. This is our time to shine, and this is The Valley Now. I'm really happy to get a little bit of time to chat with my guest today. Her name is Jennifer Van Morlehem, and she's the CEO of the Baller Dream Foundation. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being on The Valley Now. And I want to start off because I know that Baller Dream Foundation, I want to be clear from the beginning that it has nothing to do with sports and everything to do with supporting families um, throughout their their journey with childhood cancer. So I'd love for you to say, like, what's in a name? Let's start there. So the Baller Dream Foundation is a unique organization. We're a nonprofit here, uh, actually nationally in six states. And our primary market here is in Arizona, and we support children and young adults battling cancer. And our impetus for supporting these amazing young cancer warriors is there's so many really unique battles that these kids go through. It's not just about chemotherapy and infusions and transplants. This is a journey that the entire family goes through. So we look for unique ways to support the entire family through this cancer journey. And so we support um, kids up to the age of 29, which is really unique. A lot of organizations focus primarily on pediatrics and we focus all the way up to age 29 simply because a lot of these kids that are diagnosed, even in the pediatric space, continue to go through their battle. This is not a three to six month journey. Oftentimes we deal with kids who have recurrent cancer or secondary diagnosis. So our organization is unique in that we have four very distinct pillars of support. So we start with um, introductions to our kids a lot of times in the hospital. So we have four local hospitals here in Arizona that we support. So it's Banner Desert. Banner Thunderbird Campus, Mayo Clinic, and Phoenix Children's Hospital. And our team actually goes in and does really fun diversionary activities in the hospital and get to know the kids as they're in treatment, both in inpatient settings in the hospital or in the outpatient clinic. So as they're going through chemotherapy or infusion therapy, uh, we go in and we bring in crafts and activities and games and spend time with them and kind of help them overcome uh, some of the emotional and mental health struggles as they are in this hospital setting. And then secondarily, we provide uh, financial assistance to families going through this cancer journey. So they're very customized approach as to how we can better support them with some of the unseen financial impacts so things that aren't covered by insurance. So we help with gas, groceries, bill payment, um, out-of-pocket meal expenses while they're traveling for treatment. 
And then our third program is our community engagement and peer-to-peer events. So we actually, once kids are out of treatment um, and kind of able to come out into the community, we support them by hosting local community events, doing really great, fun, free family activities where they can come and actually meet other kids like them. Maybe other kids going through a similar battle, um, maybe other families with siblings that need support, parents that need other resources and support from just families that identify with what they're going through. We then also, as a fourth pillar, we provide major gift experiences, something that will uplift these kids as they're going through it. And some of them are dream experiences like meeting your favorite professional athlete or going on a dream family vacation. So we try and create, and this is part of what's in a name, a baller type experience. So these kids should be living the high life, feeling good, having an opportunity to really just do something fun and impactful and kind of just create, you know, that epic moment for them that they get a chance to escape from the hard times that they're going through in their daily journey. So we focus on really just bringing a lot of joy to their lives. And I like the way that you've kind of rebranded childhood cancer in a way that you're you're shining a light on positivity. You're shining a light on let's make these kids feel the best that they can. Let's make them feel like ballers. Let's make them feel... Mm-hmm. Know, that it's something that they can be proud and they can be happy and enjoy these these moments of joy. And so as I was kind of going through and looking at even the way that you speak about um, the children that are part of your program, they're not patients, they're ballers. And I like that. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, kind of live in the highlight. You don't want to be called patient number one, two, three, four. You don't want to be known as your diagnosis is leukemia or lymphoma. So why don't we take away that stigma and make it something fun? And the goal is to show these kids that our support programs are trying to move them forward in their lives so that they can be successful. So they can move forward and live everyday lives, but why not inspire them to achieve more and be ballers and have a little baller lifestyle? So it's good. I like it. And the organization began in 2018, which is not that long ago. How did it kind of come to be? So our founder, Frank de Blasi, who is a dear friend of mine who I've known for a long time, uh, was diagnosed at the age of 29 with testicular cancer. And that is why we support up to the age of 29. As you realize, there's this space of 18 to 29-year-old kids that are kind of left out of what other support organizations are. So the impetus of kind of doing that was how do we broaden our reach and, and expand to that? So Frank was diagnosed and going through treatment and everything else, had a really great support system, had a family with a medical background and knowledge and was able to navigate through it pretty successfully. But I think when you go through something like that and you're sitting in a hospital space and you see that there are other kids that don't have support and resources, that was that moment that, you know, coalescing moment where he went, gosh, I, I got to do something for these other kids that didn't have what I had. And so moving forward and saying, how do we make an impact? How do we do something fun? So we primarily started in New York as a gifting organization and, you know, providing major gifts and experiences to kids. And then as the programs have grown and as we've gotten to know a lot of these kids, um, we migrated out west when Frank moved to Arizona and moved into, okay, how do we broaden this landscape? How do we impact more kids? How do we grow and support and that? So Arizona has been our primary focus since 2018 here. 
But as people have gotten to know us, we now get support requests from other hospitals, from other states. And that's kind of how we've grown is as people get to know us or as our ballers have moved through into, you know, their adult lives or they are introduced to someone else. That's kind of how we've organically grown over the last five years. Um, but COVID was kind of a unique opportunity. I think a lot of people 2020 and beyond um, shut their doors and stopped providing support and resources. And that's where we really drilled down and said, we need to provide more support. We need to provide more opportunity for these kids because a lot of them were going through chemotherapy without anybody being allowed to be in the hospital with them. Just so and sad to even think about. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, you know, the aspect that we are really looking at right now is what are the emotional support needs? What are the mental health needs as we're navigating in this new healthcare landscape that COVID changed? And yeah. that's where we've really been able to grow in the last few years. And we're really lucky that we've had so much great support in being able to do that. So from 2018 to now, we've grown to in 2022, we were over a million dollar support organization. And that's really a product of having amazing donors and amazing support from our local communities. And how do you keep up with that growth? I mean, from five years ago, was that that long ago? Throw a pandemic, just slap in the middle of it. Uh, how did you keep up with expanding into what are the five states or the six, six states? So we're in Arizona, Nevada, California. Alabama, New York, and New Jersey. And uh, (laughs) that growth, I know it's kind of a hodgepodge of states that we're in, but that growth has happened primarily because someone has come to us and said, we have a need in our community. And we've dug in and said, okay, then let's find the people that can help support it. And we've been really lucky in each of those states. We are a pretty lean team. We have five employees, but we have a lot of volunteers. We have program coordinators that go into the hospital that are former child life specialists, but we we try and keep it lean and mean because we still have one-on-one connections with every single kid in our program. And so trying to do that and also being mindful of our growth, but what we've tried to target in the states that we serve is we want to grow that support in each of those communities and make sure we're growing roots and we're building out that social safety net and that fabric to better support in the communities that we're already in. So our growth has been kind of across the map in some way, but right now our primary growth has been roots within those communities. Which is so important for even the peer-to-peer support. And as you start looking at these, they're not kids, they're not children, they're young adults, like that between 18 to 29 range the cancer doesn't magically go away. So as I started thinking about it, yeah, why would organizations stop at 18? Because they're then what are you supposed to do? They're not adults. Our goal is to make an impact in their lives and to help them navigate this. Because like you said, when you turn 18, you don't suddenly become an adult. I know there's a title that you're 18 (laughs) and you can vote now, but the reality is they've had to delay most of them, some pretty important things in their life. A lot of time it's not being able to graduate high school with your friends and move on and go to college or, you know, move into a a career space. You know, a lot of these kids will have severe, dire financial impacts in their lives because they have to delay things. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes if you delay college for four or five years, it's a lot harder to go back. Oh yeah. So finding this, you know, kind of unique opportunity zone, as we call it with these 18 to 29 kids is how do we find a way to build up programs that 
help coach them, provide a mentorship program, give them resources. How do you set up a bank account? How do I pay my bills? How do I financially plan for the future? And then once I move off my parents' insurance, how do I go and set up my own insurance? And then, you know, a lot of times once you turn 18, you're not going to a pediatrician or a pediatric oncologist anymore for your treatment. You have to establish care outside of that realm, which is a very scary thing to navigate as a freshly 18 year old individual. I know I wasn't an adult at 18. I would, you know, even at 41 right now, there's still things that I call my parents (laughs) and say, Hey, I, I need some help. So because a lot of times in our community as well, we're serving people that fall into a demographic that don't necessarily have good family support or good financial support. 70% of our kids who apply to our programs fall below a $50,000 annual household income. That's not the kind of income level that the cost of cancer is really conducive to. Absolutely. Average impact to a family with a cancer diagnosis, with a child who's diagnosed, the average impact in the first year of treatment is $42,000. Yikes. Yeah. So that's an entire, that's every dollar that comes in. Every dollar. And that's not including if you have other kids at home, Mm -hmm. you know, if you were a two income family and one parent has to quit working in order to help be there for treatment. If you look at a lot of the kids that we see in the Valley, you know, we support for major hospitals, but a lot of those kids don't necessarily come from large metropolitan areas. They're not all located in Phoenix. They're coming from Tucson. They're coming from Yuma. They're coming from Page. They're driving at least an hour each way for treatment. And there are things that insurance doesn't cover. They don't cover your gas to get to and from treatment. If you're driving an hour, three days a week, they don't cover a hotel stay. If you're not feeling well enough to drive home after that, they're not covering meals away from home. They're not covering a lot of the things that fall outside of this is what your medical insurance covers. So that's where we step in and we develop these relationships with these families. We find out what the dynamic is. We look to see, you know, what other siblings are in the household, what parents are working, are both parents working? Are you able to, um, you know, and obviously at one point or another, one parent has to be working in order for them to qualify for insurance. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of dynamics at play where for us, as we get to know them, either through our hospital activity programmings or out in the community, or if they're a referral from another nonprofit that might be supporting them, we customize our approach to say, how can we impact you today so that your family can continue battling and not feel a lot of those emotional, financial, and mental health stressors that we know we can't change that, but we can help. Just being in a hospital, not knowing if it's day or night, families that are in a hospital setting for a year receiving treatment or whether they're in and out or spending a majority of their time in a hospital, the emotional toll alone is enough. You know, it's plenty. And so what sort of response do you get when you kind of wrap your arms around a family? The response is usually once we get in there and we say, tell us your story, how can we help you? What do we, our, our goal isn't to house all of that relationship with us, because I know a 16 year old girl isn't necessarily going to find the best support and resources in me. I know that, you know, a nine-year-old boy might find a better connection with someone else who is a boy in that community, or maybe it's pairing them up with someone that can mentor who had a similar diagnosis later on. So as we kind of build out our relationship with them, the goal is to 
create an environment where the kids feel supported, the families feel connected, and then the community itself feels inspired to give back. So a lot of times, you know, and this happened recently, we just did one of our community events this summer, we rented out a theater at Roadhouse Cinemas. And we try and partner with great local businesses that um, will let us create these amazing you know, go in and see a, a brand new movie as it's premiering the day it comes out. And yeah. it is only our ballers, only their families and their guests. We're doing a, you know, a day at Octane Raceway where we've got some of our teens and young adults that are going to come and race on the indoor go-kart track. So these community events, when these families show up, we had a little girl named Alexa. We met her at uh, the Run to Fight Cancer earlier this year, and she had just finished treatment. It was her first public outing, and she was coming out into the community to be there for a fundraising event, no less, for other kids battling cancer. And she just had this magnetic energy about her, and she was super excited to just be out. She wasn't in isolation anymore, and her mom said, we would love to be involved. And I said, we've got this great community event. Here's my information, you know, get in contact with us. We'd love for you to join us. And she showed up at the movie day and she was so excited. She's like, I remember you. I met you. I met your kids. at the oh. event. It's so great to be here. And the mom said, you know what? We have really been struggling because she's been trying to, you know, re-engage with her friends who over the course of six months, you know, they've moved on with their lives. They've gone back to school. They've done all these things where she was feeling like she was really struggling to meet and engage with other kids that understood what it was like to be, you know, feeling the effects of chemo and losing your hair or, you know, the after effects of steroid treatments and, and everything that happens from that. Um, you know, they, they struggle a lot with emotional issues, mental health issues, body image, you know, all of these things, your life changes. And she showed up and saw 30 other families in the movie theater that were there grabbing candy and popcorn and getting to know each other. And we had a couple of 16 year old girls that hadn't seen each other in a while. And they were, you know, gabbing and they just kind of wrapped their arms around her and said, come and meet us. You're new. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the ballerhood. You know, you're now part of this community. And for her and for her family, they felt suddenly like, these are people that understand my battle, understand my journey. It may not be the same diagnosis. It may not be the same hospital, but these families have gone through what I've gone through and they found that support. And her mom afterwards was just so excited. And I said, it, this is just a movie night. This is just, this is your introduction. This is right. the first of many opportunities for you guys to be engaged. And she said, we just love that someone invited us out and it wasn't something I had to plan. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something I had to pay for because money's tight and she had the best time. Are there other needs that you've seen or have the needs of families changed over time? They have. And, you know, with nonprofits, I, I always say there is more need than any one of us or any collective of us will ever be able to meet. But the best thing we can do is as we grow, be mindful of the needs of our recipients and the needs of, you know, what our people are telling us. There's other gifting organizations, there's other financial support organizations, but our goal is not to gift the same way other organizations do or to support financially. It's to, you know, broaden that reach and support in ways that other organizations don't. 
So as we've, you know, navigated, you know, in 2018, things look very different than they did in 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. And when the hospitals closed down and families weren't able to get in, we realized our team being able to go in and provide programming was really important because people felt really isolated during treatment. And that was an opportunity for us to go in and really make sure we were providing support there. As we've moved out of COVID and people were coming out into the community and they were going out and doing things, we were realizing that a lot of these kids were really hesitant about what they were able to do in the community because a lot of them are immunocompromised or they're in treatment or they're just coming out of that really isolating space and they're tentative about how they want to go into it. So providing these opportunities where it is safe, it is, you know, we're mindful of what these kids have gone through as well. And we're not throwing them into a public space with the general public in general. So that was kind of navigating how do we create a safe space for them to come out and, and move into the world. But a lot of the kids now, as we're looking at mental health and, you know, we're looking at what cancer looked like during COVID, we've been looking at what is the research and what a study show people really needed. And that's where we've built out our programs. And that's talking to our people. It's why we have a relationship with all of the families is, you know, their needs change. And so how do we adapt to meet those changing needs, but stay true to our mission mm-hmm. and and not suddenly become all things to all people, but become a better resource to those that we do serve. And I want to talk about your major gifting because they're so fun. And I would love for you to just tell a couple different stories. I saw on the website, there was a boy that got a Gucci shopping experience. Like what? (laughs) That's awesome. And so do you just ask them what they love or? Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of part of the baller lifestyle thing. I mean, think about these kids who, you know, have had their kind of lifestyle taken away from them when they're suddenly now in chemo and in treatment and in the hospital setting, it it can be kind of depressing. And so what we try and do is take them out of that. And we say, okay, if you could do anything, what would it be? Or what, what are you passionate about? Or what can you not wait to do once you're out of treatment? And from there, we try and create a very unique experience for them that is fun. And, you know, a lot of them, they want to meet a celebrity or they want to meet a basketball player, or they want to, you know, go do something. Most kids probably wouldn't elect for a Gucci pair of sneakers, but I will tell you, I loved it. Loves his Gucci sneakers and his Louboutins. And a lot of kids (laughs) see Frank and go, I want to live like you do. And so, you know, some of them, they just want to, they want to do something they wouldn't be able to normally do. And that's where those, those major gifts and experiences are just supposed to be fun. And sometimes it's a shopping experience. Sometimes, um, you know, they want to go, we've done a prom. We did a prom for a girl in Las Vegas who missed her prom because of treatment. And so we threw her a huge party so that she didn't miss that really amazing experience that you're supposed to have your senior year in high school. Um, We've done staycations and getaways and pampering and Um, we actually, uh, most recently we had a baller in New York. His name's Hybo. He graduated from college. He wants to get a degree in aerospace engineering. And so he got a VIP behind the scenes tour of the Boeing plant in Seattle. Now this is not something that the general public can just walk in and go and do. So he got to do a day in the flight simulator. He got to meet the team and got a behind the scenes tour of, you know, stuff that is, you know, part of their, government programs and everything. And for him, that was just, 
something that spoke to his passion. And we had another recipient, Gio, who we did a, an event. We have an incredible donor, Hezzy, who offered up his house for us to do an event. And we brought in two of our ballers and we did kind of their gifting ceremony where we playfully roast them and get to know them and kind of the audience gets to know them. And it's kind of a sneak peek of our gifting experiences, which usually are very personal. And we brought some donors in and Hezzy has this incredible car collection. He had several Bugattis, he had Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and Gio made a comment when they said, okay, if you had a million dollars today, what would you do with it? And he's like, I'd probably buy one of those cool cars. And as he said, well, great. You want to go out for a day? And (laughs) Gio got a VIP track experience in Bugatti at a private track in Las Vegas. Wow. He got to drive on the track, put his helmet on, you know, hit 200 miles an hour in a car (laughs) and had the time of his life. And that's kind of the goal is to create these experiences that most of us would never have, let alone, you know, a a teenager. So, you know, that's this baller lifestyle, living the high life, having a great time and taking a moment to just appreciate life to the fullest and, and get away from the negative landscape of what cancer is for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you come to the organization? I'm always just so curious on how leaders came to the organization. I know your husband had a lot to do with it. He did. Um, you know, I think there's a time and a place and there's a reason people come into your life. I've known Frank, our founder, for a number of years. Um, we kind of worked in parallel universes before, and I'd been in nonprofits. Um, but kind of in a circuitous way, you know, life has a way of providing unique opportunities when you don't know you need them. Yeah. And you aren't really, you know, sure how they come into your life, but they do for some, you know, a little bit of divine intervention, I guess is probably a a good way to put it. Um, but my husband is, uh, he's an ER physician by training and he had a pretty amazing 20 year clinical run. Um, and his group was acquired and eventually he moved into kind of that, you know, physician executive role and suddenly going from working in the ER on Friday nights and seeing all of these, you know, things that you do in the emergency room, you know, crazy cases, I, interesting patients, things that come up that, you know, crazy diagnoses and stuff like that. I remember always asking him like, what did you see at work today? Or, you know, what, Well, while you were at work and what I found was always really interesting is for him, it was about the people, the people that he met. And, and he had this kind of window into someone's life that it could be probably one of the most challenging days of their life. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you're not feeling well, you come into the emergency room and someone you have just met within the last hour or two tells you that you have cancer or tells you, you know, good news. Hey, guess what? Your kid fell off the monkey bars. Their arms not broken. So he found himself in this really interesting space where he could be part of someone's maybe best day, worst day, challenging moment. But the stories weren't, oh, I saw this case today. It was, I met this really unique guy who was from grass in France and he was a perfumer. And he can identify thousands of scents <laughs> in his nose. Or 
I met this really unique woman who is a, you know, she's a classic bookseller and an author, or, you know, I had this really cool experience, you know, once you become a parent and you, you interact with kids, you know, he's like, Oh, I met this really cool little boy today. And he had this, you know, superpower, you know, that he was telling me about (laughs) while we were in the emergency department, but it was always about the people Mm -hmm. and always about how you can be a part of someone's life. And so when Frank and I sat down and had coffee to catch up and he said, Hey, I really need someone to come in and be a part of this organization. I was in a place where I had had my own personal um, health battles. I had had some of my own um, scary moments. And I was really lucky that I had a husband who was a physician that could support me and navigate that with me. And again, like Frank, I had all the resources. Mm -hmm. I have a great family network. I have a great friend network. And I came out on the other side of a diagnosis that with the best possible outcome. And Frank just happened to sit in front of me four weeks post-surgery and say, I really need someone to come in and help these kids and help this organization. And that was it. So I joined (laughs) and hit the ground running and realized, you know, I have great support. I have a great network. I have all of those things, but a lot of these kids don't. And what can I do? I can bring my skills and my experience and my passion and try and make it better for them going through it because we all have a story and we all have a connection to cancer. And I just think that this is a space where we need to dig in and really support kids in our community. And if we have the time, energy, and resources to do it, we got to give it our all. Very well said. And I really appreciate your time and everything that you're doing in the community and for the kiddos and for the young adults. It's just, I'm really excited to see where the organization goes next. Oh, we can't wait to see either. And we look forward to seeing you at our events coming up and having you out in the community and getting to see kind of what it is we do and how we do it and hopefully grow this organization so that we can support more kids in our community and welcome them to the ballerhood and be an impact resource for them as well. All right. I want to give a very special thank you to my guests today. And I want to thank you for being a part of the program and making our community an amazing place, not just to live and to work, but most importantly, to play. You can hear the Valley now on the radio with audio on demand on radio station websites and the Odyssey app. My name is Jordan Moreno. Shine your light, share your love, and join us again next week right here on The Valley Now. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.